Hey, 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 what is happening? It's so good to see you. It's DMAC. There's tons going on. We'll get into this sweatshirt, which led to a very sweaty story. But first, we say hello to our guy, Johnny Love. Johnny. What's up, DMAC? <clears throat> How you doing, pal? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, trying to wake up from the weekend. We're going to go over um, what the hell's wrong with the avalanche. Everything great with the Nuggets, plus an inspirational story. How much the Raiders hate Josh McDaniels and a very unique version of what's on the shelf because it's what's on the sweatshirt. But first, we start with our question of the day. Johnny. What's wrong with Coach Prime? I... Well, listen. I'm not sure exactly what's wrong. I have an idea of what's wrong. But as a CSU, as you are proud, Johnny, to be a CSU Ram. Hashtag t- proud to be. All right, hashtag asunder. Are, are, are you taking some victory laps here? Um, yes, absolutely. Even uh, though you lost the boot game against Wyoming. Yeah, it's Wyoming. It's, it doesn't okay. matter after the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh-huh, okay. So what's, what, 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 are you, what are you thinking about Coach Prime and CU as a CSU perspective it's a it's a little schadenfreude uh you know i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm enjoying it a little bit i wish our team was a little better but that's it that's all you've got to say about it that's it i'm trying to be restrained i know how many buffs fans we have let me tell you what was going on at the end of that first half was like nothing i'd ever seen before in my life now the final score was 26 19 so it looks respectful because they do have talented athletes, and they made some nice plays near the end. But the game was not that close. So the end of the first half, you're down 7-3. to three. The ball's on your four-yard line. Oregon State's got two timeouts. You get the ball to start the second half. I want you to think about that for a second. All you got to do is basically take a knee, or run the ball right into the line. If you run the ball into the line, they're going to take off a few more seconds. So I, su- I suppose what you could do is run the ball into the line. Oregon State calls a timeout. Run the ball into the line again. Oregon State takes their final timeout. Take a knee, and you'll probably be at like the six-yard line. You start at the four, you get to the six. Johnny, if you do that, and then... They kick the ball to you to start the second half. If you fair catch the football, you start at the 25-yard line. So again, one play into the line, two play into the line, three play take a knee, play four would be an automatic 15-yard gain because it's the first play to start the second half. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm writing it down, and I'm taking notes. We're we're trying to figure it out. Because just by logical math, you are guaranteed, say you make it to the six-yard line, on your fourth play of what essentially would be the same drive, you're guaranteed a 15-yard gain down by four. (laughs) See you first play, 44 seconds to go, Incomplete pass. That burns up a whopping five seconds. Second play. You could still do this. You could still 
Work the clock down. You could still do it. Nah, let's not do that. Second play, incomplete pass. Well, well, now you need a first down. Oregon State's got two timeouts. Now they run the ball. (laughs) You understand how stupid that is? Now the only way to get the ball back to start the second half without giving them a chance first, now you got to throw the ball. They run the ball. Oregon State timeout. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying here? Now you got nothing to lose by throwing the ball, and they run the ball timeout. Now, I went to CSU, but I, yeah. I can even get that math. Their entire drive lasted eight seconds. They punt the ball back, and they give up a 28-yard punt return. Again, if you make a special teams play, you're going to be okay. Next play, Oregon State, one pass, one play, touchdown. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there are stupider series out there. I'm sure there are. I just can't remember them. That was so dumb, and it's the first thing that Prime addressed. Now, this is on the heels of making... Johnny, a switch in offensive play callers. You go from Sean Lewis, who was a head coach, to take this job as the offensive coordinator. Well, he gets demoted, and Pat Shermer, nightmare Pat Shermer, who Broncos fans remember is um, talking about in training camp throwing incomplete passes and about how you don't score much in the first half. He's now calling your plays. What's wrong with Prime? I guess Prime's not a good coach. He's obviously a great recruiter. He's obviously a um, a great hype man and gets you excited. Obviously. He, he has got so many incredible traits as a person that you would want as part of your program. But it's pretty apparent that he's got a long way to go in terms of being a game manager and as a coach. And, and then at the end of the game, I don't know if you caught this, he was trying to call a timeout, but the, the ref wasn't was telling him he didn't have timeouts left, and they, they weren't sure what the timeout situation was. What? Listen, you should know whether or not you have timeouts. You have a staff of like 100 There's a humongous scoreboard, I believe, that has the timeouts listed. Run out onto the middle of the field. Go to another ref. You don't... What was that at the end of the game with your timeouts? Never mind that they don't run the ball. Okay, so officially, because you include sacks and lost yardage in terms of total rushing yards, they ran for minus seven yards. But let's just take away all the sacks from Shador and just talk about running backs. 11 carries for 31 yards. 11 carries for 31 yards. I don't know what to say. I mean, maybe they didn't run the ball at the end because they don't know how to run the ball at the end of the first half. On the day, minus seven rushing yards. I'm just looking it up here, what it officially is. Yeah, officially... It's 19 carries because they include sacks from minus seven or minus 0.4 rushing yards. They couldn't really even throw the ball until the end either. Yes, Johnny. 
Oh, I'm just chuckling. It's it's, oh, okay. it's it's feeling a a lot better as you explain it more and more. <laughs> What's wrong with Prime? I don't know if he knows how to coach. Would you, you say you... he's subprime? Wow. Wow. He's great at a lot of things. Uh, and I definitely am happy he's at CU and he has turned that program around energy wise. But boy, oh boy, there are some bad moments here. And losing a 29-point lead to Stanford stings. You win that game, and maybe you can pull an upset somewhere down the road, get your sixth win, and be bowl eligible. But Arizona is playing well. That's next week, and that's your last home game at Folsom. Then you got Washington State, which I don't know, I I guess. But you got to go up to Pullman and play up in Washington. And then your final game is you are going to get throttled by Utah. Utah is just flat out one of the better teams in the country, period. I mean, you just got, and that's in Utah. You, you probably wouldn't have had much of a chance anyway, but that means you're going to go four and eight on the season if, if you can't pull a rabbit out of the hat right now. And at the end of his press conference, he wasn't clear whether or not he would stick with the same play caller. Sort of, I mean, with Pat Shermer, is he going to still call plays? My question for Prime is when he questioned whether or not reporters believed in his team, is it fair to question why anybody should believe in him right now as the head coach? I think it's fair. I do believe in him as a recruiter. I do. I think he's amazing. I do believe him as a human being. I think he's incredible. But we're just talking coaching, X's and O's, game management, uh, the things that I had, because I've seen this before, Johnny, because my son went to Arizona State, and we experienced this with Herm Edwards. A lot of hype on Herm Edwards, a couple of great wins, but at the end of the day, there was recruiting violations, there was just the, the, the program sort of fell apart. You know who was on his staff was Antonio Pierce, who now is coaching the cigar-smoking Raiders to victory. We'll get to that in a little bit. So what's wrong with Prime? Subprime. Well said, Johnny. Subprime. Can I say real quick? Yeah. There's no two different personalities than Pat Shermer and (laughs) Deion Sanders. I guess. But the real question is what happened with him and Sean Lewis? You know, maybe Pat Shermer's the right personality for Prime because he probably doesn't say anything. He probably was just taking that paycheck, just sort of nodding along, going to meetings, whatever you want, sounds good. Hey, isn't this fun? I don't have any really responsi- real responsibilities as an offensive consultant or whatever the hell his job was. And now uh, n- now the, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I got to do what? I got to call the plays? And he's signaling the plays in to the guy he replaced. What's wrong with Prime? What's wrong with the Avalanche? Moving on. They lose 7-0. So they're in a weird situation. They're 7-3. and three. They're just a point out of first place. On the surface, they're okay. But in three of their last four games, they were shut out 
And in those losses all on the road, they were outscored 15 to nothing. Here is our guy, Jesse Montano. I hope I got that right, Jesse. It's a long season. Losses are going to happen, obviously, in the moment, you know, everything you just said. But 7-3, still feeling positive in the room. Uh, not really, uh, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, positive that we're a lot better than that. But, uh, you know, we lost, got shut out three of our last four. I don't remember that's ever happened in my career here, maybe my first couple of years. But, um, you know, it's been a while since we've lost seven, nothing. I can't remember. So, uh, yeah, obviously uh, just a terrible feeling. And uh, it starts with, uh, like I said, the best players to, to be better leaders on the ice. Yeah, so it's it's quirky. It's it's good to hear Nate actually be honest about it. And for any um, Avs apologies out there, well, there's your guy, and he's being honest about it. So if he's being honest about it, we can all be honest about it. There's something wrong. And it's hard to put your finger on, like, how, how do you go uh, 6-0 and to start the season? You look good against the Blues at home, but you get shut out three out of four games? I mean, we're, we're going to have to do some research on that one. Well, we're not. Somebody else will. We're not going to do research. If Nate says he doesn't recall it ever happening in his career, I'm, I'm going to go with Nate. He also went on to say there was some sort of chemistry issue. And, yeah, man, it's it's hard to kind of put your finger on why a team with so much talent that has been so successful already this season would all of a sudden slump like this. And let me tell you, for Georgiev, who did not play in their win, he has gone through some brutal games in a row now. I mean, brutal in terms of giving up goals, but also brutal that he's not getting any support either. The Avs play the Devils tomorrow night at Ball Arena. Actually, they've got a a few home games, so uh, that's good. They're home for for the better part of the week. Something strangely amiss, and it's it's hard to put the finger on. It's it's there are a lot of new guys. The additions seem to be good, but you're seeing things like Druin and Tatar being benched and messing around with playing McDermott. And um, I don't know, man, it's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird situation. So I don't think it's, it's nearly as bad as what's going on with CU, which is almost virtually catastrophic at this point. Uh, But it's something worth paying attention to tomorrow night against the devils at ball arena. Let's move on to the nuggets. What's wrong with them is <clears throat> nothing. After a, <clears throat> a stinker of a um, loss to Minnesota where just say, ah, you know, whatever. They came back to win Friday night on the blue court in the in-season tournament game where we'll get to this story in a second. And then Saturday night, uh, and that was a great game against Luka and the Mavericks and... Jokic was absolutely dominant, just missing a triple-double by one assist. Great vibe, great energy. Next night against the Bulls, sold-out crowd. They're always awesome. Regular court, no blue court. Down by two, and then they roll up on the Bulls and one by 20-plus. Again, Jokic, one assist away from a triple-double. And the story of the game we'll get to in a second is Michael Porter Jr., having back-to-back great games, and we got some worries with Jamal Murray. But let's start with Jokic, who clearly has had the best start of any player in the NBA. He's already won player of the week. And Michael Malone wants to compare Jokic to you. I mean, the guy is just great every night. You know how hard that is? 
Like, is anybody in here great at their job every day? No. I know you guys. I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, Hastings, put your hand down. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Johnny, are, are you great at your job every day? Uh, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither, neither am I. Neither am I. But uh, Michael Malone pointing out Jokic's greatness and sort of teasing one of my new radio partners on Altitude Sports Radio, noon to three, every day on 92.5. FM, that'd be Scott Hastings, as, lo- as well as Tyler Columbus. So it was fun to see one of my compatriots, new compatriots, loving compatriot, uh, being teased by Michael Malone. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, let me talk to you about Michael Porter Jr. So we're, we're all with Jokic is incredible. I mean, we know it. He's great every day. Uh, Scott Hastings, put your hand down. I mean, he's great. Michael Porter Jr. against the Mavericks, 24 points, 9 assists defensive player of the game. They do the defensive player of the game chain. He got that. First time Contavious Caldwell Pope did not get it. Then we go to the Bulls game. 27 points for Michael Porter Jr. 5 of 10 from 3. And it's been an issue with him finishing games. Well, he keeps playing like that. That's not an issue. Here is MPJ. This is Friday night. I got two things from MPJ. This is Friday night talking about finishing games. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get frustrated when I'm out, not out there finishing games um, because every player wants to be in those crunch moments. We got a lot of players on our team who could be in those moments, so it's nothing like um, against anybody on our team. I think we all want to be in those moments. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the time when defense is most important. So if you aren't going to contribute on that side, then you shouldn't be out there. And that's why I've been made it such an effort of mine to try to um, continue to improve on that end because those are the moments I want to be in. Um, and, and honestly, those are the defense and those moments um, win you a lot of games in the playoffs. And ultimately, it's why we won a championship was on the defensive side and in the fourth quarter and things like that. Good for MPJ. I'm a big fan. I've uh, said that MPJ is going to be in the Hall of Fame someday in the NBA, and people have made fun of me because of that. But he's going to have a 15 15- year plus career he's already into year six he's an unbelievable shooter when he finds his rhythm and he's working off a bum ankle too playing back-to-back nights playing like that having multiple nba championships under his belt you put that together with like say a 18 year career longevity matters he'll be in the hall of fame he will be he's got that kind of talent if, if he doesn't end up in the hall of fame he has hall of fame type talent he does Like, you're going to see DeRozan get into the Hall of Fame. Longevity matters. And there's no reason to think Michael Porter Jr., who is a hoop head like you can't believe, will play literally until the the wheels completely fall off. A long career for him. Very, very long. Hall of Fame talent, and I think he'll get there. I think the numbers will just add up. The championships will add up. I think he'll be there. So there you go. Uh, In terms of the next night, And we'll forget about the sound clip here, Johnny. Don't worry about it. But one of the cool stories was uh, Michael Porter Jr. speaking well of Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie, undrafted guard out of Villanova with championship pedigree. And he got his first NBA points yesterday. And you say, well, why is that a big deal? Well, he had a great summer league two years ago. And then he broke his leg. Really unfortunate. 
So he had a red shirt year. He was with the team the entire year. He's got a ring. He was there. He was rehabbing. He was working out. Like I said, with the team every step of the way, never played for one second. So the Nuggets could have moved on from Colin Gillespie. They could have. Undrafted, super talented team. They've got Jamal Murray. They drafted Jalen Pickett. You could just draft a backup point guard if you wanted to. A lot of other great guys there. But Malone specifically loved the characteristics of Colin Gillespie, saying there's reasons why they want guys like that as part of the team, guys who are winners, guys who work hard, guys who are talented basketball players. I mean, you start there, and they see the talent in Colin Gillespie. I used to take um, video of Colin Gillespie before every game if I got to the game early enough, and Mike Kliss, my great Broncos friend, would say, oh, you know, Colin Gillespie, like, because it, it was just cool to see him on the rehab process. Well, Colin Gillespie nailed the three-pointer, got another bucket as he cut to the rim on a Jokic pass, played with Jokic, and if you want to be good at basketball, play with Nikola Jokic. I might like look decent at basketball if I play with Nikola Jokic, but I just want to salute somebody who's worked their tail off who is the epitome of the values that the Nuggets want and is one of the reasons why it takes an entire team to win a championship. And a big part of that is Colin Gillespie. So it was a thrill to see him get his first NBA points. His teammates loved it. They were embracing him and high-fiving and hugging him, and he got a game ball after the game. Um, And that's what this team is all about. They've got the best player in the world. They've got a couple of other outstanding players. They've got depth. They've got heart. Uh, they've got character. They're an unstoppable force, and they've got the Pelicans tonight. Now, they do have all of that without Jamal Murray, and we're concerned about Jamal Murray because he left after nine minutes on the back-to-back against the Bulls with a tight hamstring and has already been ruled out. I saw Harrison Wind of DNVR post that, that he's been ruled out of the game. Um, tonight against the Pelicans. So we are all crossing our fingers that it's not that big of a deal and that he'll be available maybe even as soon as Wednesday when they play again. So no Jamal Murray tonight. More resting on the um, shoulders of Reggie Jackson, who's been responding great, and maybe more of Colin Gillespie, frankly. So we roll on, but we certainly just hold our collective breath just a pinch about Jamal Murray. Action in the NFL Yeah, the Raiders were so jubilant after beating the Giants 36 without Josh McDaniels. They were smoking cigars in the locker room. This is how much they hated Josh McDaniels. You got to look at their body language and what was going on. You could just tell they hated McDaniels. And the response was a throttling of the Giants. Wow. So did they just get a lot better? Meanwhile, the Chiefs beat Miami. Uh, The Chargers play tonight. The Bills lose to the Bengals and don't look like the world beaters that they once did. That's the next game that we'll we'll preview quite a bit as we go along with Kill You With Truth this entire week. Time for What's on the Shelf, but Johnny, it's about the sweatshirt. It's, it's, uh, how about What's on the D-Mac? What's on the D-Mac? What's on the D-Mac? Quick story. So Friday night, Wednesday night, I was paraded around for the avalanche. It was great. I was uh, interviewing the mighty Mike, Killer Kowalski. I was on the TV broadcast with Moj and Riker. 
on the radio broadcast with Connor McGahee. I was just all over the place, Johnny. It was amazing. Well, there was the same parade on Friday, except the City Edition gear that's available at Altitude Authentics, altitudeauthentics.com. They wanted me to wear some of that. I asked them, what did you want me to wear? And I did have a T-shirt that they gave me early in the day. But I was like, if I'm going to be on TV, do I wear a T-shirt? So I just wore a dress shirt, and I figured, oh, well, you know, that'll be good enough. And I did think to myself, I'll just go buy something. I, I was just going to go buy something if they wanted me to wear something. And I had my eyes. I thought this hoodie was absolutely gorgeous. I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. They take me into the Altitude Authentic store, Johnny, and they say, pick out whatever you want. Whatever you want. Free. I mean, good to be on the team, right? And so um, picked out this hoodie, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I put it on, and then I realized I'm not at a hockey game where it's cold. I'm at a basketball game. Johnny, I was sweating my balls off. The entire game because this sweatshirt it, is is great. Have I mean, you so, uh, <laughs> have you have you washed that sweatshirt since? I I had to wash it. I have. That was Friday night. This is Monday morning. The washer and dryer work, Johnny. But but good question. So the most disgusting part of all of it is I was just sweating like a stuck pig, and I'm a big sweater anyways. Wearing a big sweater. I go to do the TV broadcast with Chris Marlowe and Scott Hastings, and boy, was that fun to sit down there and call a little play-by-play. Are you kidding me? Right alongside the court. It was great doing hockey with Riker and Moj, but they're up, you know, they're high-fiving God up there. They're so far up. To be right on the court was something special. So I do my hit. I have some fun. You know, it's all good. And I take off the headphones. Johnny, they're dripping with sweat. I mean, they are soaked. And I'm just like... Here, Katie Wingy. I'm sorry. So, so, so Katie <laughs> picks up the headphones. And Johnny, I'm telling you, there's just, it's pouring with sweat. And she just, like, she looks at me like, what the fuck? What is, this is disgusting. It maybe was one of the more disgusting human things I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. For me to add the beautiful and talented Katie Wingy gross disgusting sweat dripping headphones like here oh my gosh johnny they used i found out later they really did use a towel to wipe off the headphones i I would hope so they used it they had to get a towel from behind the bench because they just don't have a towel at the broadcast booth so they got a towel from behind the bench to wipe off the sweaty headphones that katie had to did Put you, back on her head. Did you use the disinfectant wipes like you're at the gym? Is that... Johnny, they should have taken the headphones and thrown them in the trash. It was, it was repulsive. And With it was that all much be- water, how did the, the electronics work? You it know? was... I'm, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a short from a short. But that's going to be the legendary story of this particular sweatshirt. Because had I just got a t-shirt, Johnny... No big deal. I a short to, from a short from a guy, a big sweater and a big sweater. I did get to bang the drum. This is, this is a blister from banging the big drum at the Nuggets as well. And I was trying to break the drum head. I didn't do it, but I got that fun blister. And they let me be on the drum line for one of them drum line things. And I did like a little beat with the drummers in the drum line. It was an amazing night. I just feel awful 
for Katie Wingy's soul. I'm sorry I had to destroy it. <laughs> I kill you with truth. Oh that was gosh. gross. So gross.